Amen. Anybody thankful to be in the house of God this morning? I know I am. No matter how hard of a job it was to dig my car out of 10 feet of snow, I felt like I'm glad to be here this morning to worship the Lord. And we're so thankful that you're here and want to welcome you here on this uh, incredible day. I believe that it's mornings like this that God shows up and does miraculous things in our lives. And we're thankful and ready for his presence. Amen. Amen. Thankful for that. I want to pass on a couple of announcements if we can. Uh, tomorrow night there'll be no sunshine, sun, sunshine circle meeting. Uh, that's been canceled. And also tonight, as of now, service is still going. You may hear later in this service that, that tonight may be canceled. I'm not sure about that. But, uh, but as of now, we are still planning on encouraging and supporting not only service tonight, but following service tonight, an empanada dinner that's being put on by Encounter Ministries to support that ministry. I don't know how many have ever been touched in this church by the ministries of Encounter, been on an Encounter weekend. I've heard about them. I've not been able to go, but I know it's been a tremendous blessing to our church and, and the discipleship process. Uh, of, of the work of God in our church. So we're thankful for that and would love for you to come out and support that tonight. So if you are a first-time visitor this morning, you came on a cold, uh, different type of service, but we are so thankful that you're here. And we just want to, in, this, in these next few moments, to get out of the aisles or get out of our seats, I should say, and get into the aisles and just welcome one another into the house of God and just uh, let, let the love of God uh, be seen in all we do and say this morning. Amen. All right.
give him praise this morning. We're already here. We might as well take our time and just have church. Come down. 
he broken, you wear the victor's crown. You overcome, you overcome. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We glorify your name, Lord. At the cross, the work was finished. You were buried in the ground. But the grave could not contain you. For you wear the victor's crown. Yeah, you overcome. Hallelujah. You have John said and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first earth first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there were no more sea and I John saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men he will dwell with them just checking to see if you're hearing me. 
If you're listening this morning, He will dwell with them and they shall be His people and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the waters of life freely. If that's you this morning, are you hungry? Are you thirsty for God? Thank you, brother. Let me tell you something. I got up, I got in my car about five, a little after five. I drove all the streets over here, got to the parking lot, drove all around the parking lot, tried to do a couple donuts to see how slippery. Got out of the car and started walking. I will defend, I'll defend this place that God birthed for the kingdom. I stood and walked around this parking lot and I looked straight up into heaven and I said, God, it looks bad out here. It's icy and hazardous. What do I do? What do I do? And I looked straight up into heaven and he spoke something as clear to me as I've ever heard in my life. He said, you have that morning service. He said, when you have it, you know this. There's someone coming there this morning that's got to be there. It's got, they've got to be there. I don't know who you are, but you're why we turn the lights on. You're why the heat's rolling. You're the one why we're singing the songs this morning. Everybody else, you know, lots of other churches all decided, hundreds of them decided to cancel. And that's all right, I understand. We didn't have 8.30. There are times it's correct and right to do that kind of thing in light of what's going on. But this morning, we're having church on purpose. So if you came here to fill in a pew somewhere, man, you need to wake up. We're here on purpose this morning. We're here to get the job done. He wears a victor's crown. He has overcome. And he promised that we are more than overcomers ourselves. Why? Because he wears the victor's crown. We're overcomers. It may not be exactly like you like. Maybe you don't like the way I look. Maybe you don't like the lights. Maybe you hate the music. But you know, you didn't come here for that. You came here for God. You came here to worship Him, to love Him and to honor Him. And from what I read in the Word here, you can do that in a dungeon. You can do that in the wilderness. As a matter of fact, some of the places where God showed up the most was in a wet, dark, slummy cave where a revelation was written to tell us about the future. John on the island of Patmos didn't have all the luxuries of guitars. Didn't have all the amenities of soft pews. It wasn't very cool. 
that Jesus found him right there in the middle of that cave and revealed to him things we just read you. The lamb who has overcome, slain before the foundations of the world. We're here this morning because we're doing God's business. We're part of the global network. We're part of the global dispersion of the gospel message. This is an important place. Don't you put it down. Let God touch you where you are this morning. Let the wall down. Let the bitterness down. Let the immaturity down. And grow up in God. Lift your hands to him this morning and receive from his spirit. Lift your hands in this house and receive from the Lord. From the Lord. Victor's crown. Oh! 
house. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. <laughs> make me a house of prayer. A house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire, may the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me, Lord, make me a house, make me a house of bread. Woo! We praise you, Lord. Yeah, Lord, make me a house. Fire of my heart burn, Lord. Make me a house of prayer. Day and night now, day and night and night and day. Day and night and night and day. Make me a house of prayer. Day and night, day and
the fire of God is in the house this morning. If you're visiting with us today, this, we're just as surprised as you are. But we like it when the Lord surprises us. See, we believe in a God who is not confined to religious doctrines and theologies and buildings. We believe in the Holy Spirit who is free, who moves in our midst and still breathes on the people of God. He said in his word, wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in their midst. We're just daring and bold and brave enough to believe it and to trust in the working of his spirit. When he spoke to me at 5.30 this morning out on the parking lot, Brother Robinson, he let me know. I knew in my heart somebody was going to be here today that needed to be in church, that needed God's Spirit to move on them in their life. And really, in the last 15 minutes, it's not just been one. There have been many. Somebody's been praying. Somebody came in the house today believing. Out of the thousand people that we'll have on any given Sunday, you came today and I believe I needed it, you needed to be here. There's nothing more important 
in your life or mine, then one heart, undivided and loyal to God and his presence, committed, dedicated, not to religion, which you hear me speak of often, but guess what? So did Jesus. Dedicated in heart and loyalty to the one and only Savior, the Lord, the omnipotent, the all-present, knowing, mighty God who deserves our humble submission. If you don't come into God's house, if you don't get up every day at your house, have an attitude of complete submission you're cold and indifferent you're not where you should be with God he's calling his church to be ready uprisings are no surprise we've seen them for thousands of years but we're in a day when it feels differently it looks differently it's looking a whole lot like it did in biblical times. And the word of God says that when you see these things begin to come to pass, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer, a house of prayer. Sing it. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer, a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. Fire on my altar, never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire on my altar never burn out. Fire on my altar, never burn out. Fire on my altar, never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house.
pray Lord, for make me a house. Let's pray at this time for Israel. Let's lift up our hearts and ask God to touch the families of these 21 of our brothers and sisters in the Lord gave their lives this week for Jesus. And we want to ask God to touch those families too. Heavenly Father, we call upon you today oh, because you have told us in your word Many, many, many years ago, you told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that you would give them a land that would flow with milk and honey, that you would bring them to a place where they could come and worship you and serve you. And Lord, we thank you today for Israel, and we pray for them that you would put a head, keep a hedge of protection around them and protect them from their enemies, O oh Lord. Stay the hand of the enemy in whatever way you see fit, O oh God. Yes, and touch them that they may flourish and do your will. Yes, touch these families that have lost loved ones this week, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, comfort and lift up and let men and women see that we can we can trust you that you'll be there with us even to the end. Have your way today, Lord, and bless. continue to have your way in this service. And keep pastor as he goes this week to Alaska to preach. Oh, God, put a hedge about him, we pray, that he'll be able to reach souls and bring them into the harvest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Can somebody say praise the Lord? I like where the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, when, when the Lord makes it clear that you were to have a service. That's when things like this happen. But you know, really, it should, we should come with that same anticipation and expectation every service that we ever have. Because God's always up to something. And God's always doing something. He's just looking for people who will believe. How many of you believe this morning? <coughs> Amen. Amen going to give you an opportunity to give today as you worship the Lord. Amen, Craig. I like that. Craig's excited to give. We worship him and we help missionaries around the world. We'll do that today through your loose offering. found out yesterday two of our missionaries Christian and Kathy Swift have been feeding they feed over a thousand kids a week in Kenya Africa and they sent me a little note saying just wanted to thank Stratford Heights for helping us to feed those kids that's just one that's just one of the things your gifts do how many of you know this is just a spiritual as opening up with praise and prayer and preaching. It's just as important. So we reverently, sacredly give our gifts today. 
to honor the Lord. Father, we ask you to use us today to meet needs around the world, from South America all the way to Western and Eastern Europe, all the way to Barrow, Alaska, then over into the Philippines and, Lord, down into Australia where there's this little church that this pastor has been praying for. I pray that you will touch as our hands are extended in our gifts around the world. Touch in Africa, those precious little babies in Kenya. Lord, bless us to be able to help them to do what we can. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. already been won I am redeemed you set me free so I'll shake off these heavy chains wipe away every stain cause I'm not who I used to be I am shame and regret but when I hear you whisper child lift up your hand I remember oh God you're not done with me yet Sing it. I am redeemed you said The old man inside of me Cause his days are long dead and gone 
set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain, because I'm not who I used to be. Come on, do it. Let's do it. Carlos, just for the record, brother, I love you. I think you are awesome. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We could go home right now, and it's been good to be in God's house. Mm. 
want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to ask you again in just a moment to commit to something, but I want to read from Psalm 86, verse 10. The scripture has been on my heart and it's been part of my own personal devotion time and my prayer time. And I feel it's a message for us this morning. And I want to add as well that, you know, in any given service, there will be, we don't even know how many people who are watching online. I want to let you know, if you're watching online right now, you're part of this service. And, you know, you, maybe you couldn't get out today, but you're with us. You've taken the time to gather your family around that uh, newfangled TV set. And, uh, and you're with us in service. And we're praying with you and for you as well. Psalm 86, and verse 10. David crying out to the Lord. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forevermore. For great is your mercy toward me. And you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Father, we ask your blessings in the next few minutes over your word. Challenge us into that deep, deep place with you. We will never fail to give you the honor and the praise and the glory for our growth, for our hearts united in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can be seated. And then before I move on, I'm going to ask you one more time to commit to something and then you'll stand but you'll just stand for a second. Last standing until the end. Next Sunday, I will be in Barrow, Alaska. I will not be here. Our, our staff pastors will be speaking and you will be blessed. But I'm going to be flying well over almost 2,000 miles away from here and I'll be at the top of the world. And I went and looked on the maps and it's literally inside the Arctic Circle. And I will be there with the Barrow New Beginnings Church of God. Pastor Dave and Tina Matthews with their children. I said they had eight children. I was wrong. They have six. They count themselves as two big kids. So I'll be ministering with them next week. And uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, we'll be in service with them, dedicating a new building that you helped to build over the last three years. And they're very thankful for what you've done through your gifts and missions. So much so that they asked me to come and do the dedication. We'll be preaching, ministering to the people there. They are four hours behind us. So when we're here having church, you can pray over us and please do in the service. And, uh, and that'll be like pre-service prayer. But then at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll be ministering to the folks up there. And I want you, I want commitment from you, Brother John Williman. Stop me in the lobby 
well, it's been two weeks ago now, and he said the Lord had laid it on his heart that we should have prayer warriors praying at the very time that you will be preaching, Pastor. And, and I agreed with him, and I walked away from that, and I've never been able to get away from it. So I'm going to ask that you will pray for us in that service at 3 o'clock and then at 10 p.m. And uh, that's, you'll already be home from church, but that'll be our two services there. And I want to know who would say, Pastor, I will be a prayer warrior with you. I will commit to praying for that service. God doesn't take me 2,000 miles away to preach on a weekend if there isn't a very good reason for it, just like there was this morning. And I'm going to make a difference for the kingdom, or I'm not going. So I want to know who will agree with me in prayer and will commit to praying at 3 o'clock and 10 p.m. If you'll do that, would you stand? Amen. That's more than two or three, so I'm good. I'm good. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And I trust if those hours particularly are not convenient, that you will throughout the day remember the team, us in prayer as we go up there to minister. Um, looking forward to being there and, and ministering with them and also with uh, the overseer, Stan and Teresa Holder, who uh, are dear friends to us and was my youth pastor when I was very young. So I'm excited to, to be able to see them. I read you a scripture that is from Psalms that talks about David's heart. You know, we, we, we're interested in David's heart. I always have been interested in his heart because God himself said, you know, David, a man after God's own heart. So if David is like God in his heart, then we should study his heart. We know that he was broken and contrite. We know that he, while he wasn't perfect by any means, he also spent a lot of time on his knees, Psalm 51, one of the greatest repentant psalms you will ever read in the Bible. Many times in my own brokenness, when I was trying to get developed and to grow up in God, I would go to Psalm 51 and I'd just read it. And it was my prayer. Well, I found in Psalm 86 that David prayed another prayer. That I pray. And I want you to pray it. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Prayer. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart. Now, do you get what that's saying? That is saying... My heart needs united. Now we've heard this, the, the scripture talk about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. David was saying, my passions, my soul, my heart, my, my purpose, my everything about who I am. Unite that. Because sometimes in my good heart, I can get distracted. I can get scattered. I can get weak. I can actually lose my way. 
David was being honest. He said, unite my heart to fear your name and I will praise you, O Lord, with all of it. See, David was not interested in praising God with just his relig- the religious part of his heart, with just the Christianity part of his heart, his sanctified part of his heart. He said, teach me, unite my heart to fear your name, and I will praise you with all of it, and I will glorify your name forever. This is the heart cry of David. This is the heart cry of this pastor. This is what I want to be the heart cry of our church. This church. I can't speak for all of them. I can't speak for all of them out there. But I must speak for this one, Sister Pat. I'm accountable for this one. And I want us to be broken, servants, humble, and I want us to be united in our hearts for God. Not interested in the show, not interested in celebrity status, not interested in all the big glitz and the glamour that's out there these days. What I'm interested in, Pastor Orville Robinson, I'm interested in getting on my knees and knowing that I'm pleasing him. If I please you, not so important. Sorry. That I must please him. The New American Standard version of that scripture, verse 11, says, Unite my heart to fear your name. The common English version says, Make my heart focused only on honoring your name. Another version says, Help me make worshiping your name the most important thing in my life. And then the Message Bible says this. It says, Put me together, one heart and mind, then undivided I'll worship in a joyful fear. I kind of liked that one. I don't always like the Message Bible, but I liked it then. Put me together. Because how many times have I had to get down on my knees and say, Lord, I'm, I'm a mess again. How many times have I had to say, oh my goodness, God, put me back together. I'm scattered, my attention gets weak, I'm distracted, and my thoughts and mind takes me a thousand different directions. Sometimes I have what I call, and the Lord knows me and Him, talk about this. Sometimes I have the Humpty Dumpty Syndrome. You don't know what that means, but the Lord knows, He knows. I need the Lord to put me back together. That's my prayer today. Those 
two ways. Lord, unite my heart to fear your name and give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. One represents my need. The other one represents my desire. My prayer. One heart. Not mixed up. Not focused on all kinds of different things. But one heart. Completely and solely committed, dedicated, sold out to God. This, I believe, thank you, Gary. This, I believe, is the promise, the problem that we face in the church today. A problem of our heart being divided. Our heart being scattered. Our affections in our heart, our purpose, our goals, all be going in all the different places of life. Now, I'm not talking about giving, you know, a little bit of homage here and homage. I'm talking about a loyal and dedicated and complete heart for God. Sold out completely to Him in every way. This is what God wants in a church. This is what He wants in a Christian, this is what he died for. This is what he is asking from us. As I mentioned earlier, our goal is, our goal is, is to worship the Lord. To absolutely come into this place and to touch God. To be in a place where we grow and we learn and we're discipled, yes. But that we have given our worship, our homage to God. We've given him everything. We can do that in here. And that's what it's built for. It's built for the purpose of the kingdom. I loved what many of you sent it to me this week. This comedian was sitting on an airplane and, and kind of trying to stir up a conversation with a lady. And he went into this big dissertation about, well, what do you do? And she says, well, this is what I do. And she said, well, what do you do? And he come back and he's a very, uh, he, I think he's Australian. So, you know, he's talking like this the whole time. And uh, he goes into this big dissertation about how he works for this global firm. You know, and I said it a little bit earlier. He works for this global enterprise that has outlets in every city on earth and just about every city of every nation and many villages and they feed and they serve and they counsel and they help and they visit and they have hospitals and she was like no what do you do mate you know and he's going on and on he's like yeah and we have all kinds of of uh, outlets and centers and all kinds of places millions of people in part of our company no what on earth do you do she said, where do you work? And he said, the church. The church. I laughed out loud in my house all by myself, and that was weird. I do that every now and again, but this particular time I was looking around to see if there was anybody there. I'm laughing, but it's true. We forget sometimes that this is God's headquarters. This is God's outlet, one of his outlet centers. This is a magnificent place. Be careful what you say about the church. That ought to at least got one amen. Be careful what you think about the church, what you say about the church. Be sacred and be reverent to God's outlet. Don't, don't be uh, shallow and careless with your words. 
Don't let, our, don't let our thoughts be distracted and our minds be distracted from the purposes that God has given to us in being a part of his global enterprise. We are part of the body of Christ. We are part of the magnificent work that God is doing in the earth to build the kingdom. We ought to be proud of that. We have a great, great employment. We have a great boss. I had this wonderful gift given to me at Christmas by someone who was talking about, you know, the pay may not, may not be much working for the Lord, but the benefits are out of this world. I love it. It's in my office right now. You got to always keep that mindset that we're doing something larger than ourselves. We must remember who we are and what we're doing and what you're doing. You, you serve on staff. You, you've been called by God to work for God. He's your boss. That's a big thing. That's, that's an awesome opportunity. If you serve in a ministry or you're a volunteer working for the kingdom, you're, you're not just doing that for Salvation Army or for Atrium Hospital. You're doing that for God, creator of the universe. It's an amazing opportunity, a wonderful opportunity. It's when our mind gets little and our mind gets small and we get shallow and cold and indifferent to what the church really means what it really represents, that we get divided in our heart. Our goal is to serve him with all of our heart. David said, unite my heart. Unite my divided heart. Unite this scattered mess, this immature, cold, indifferent, distracted heart. Unite my heart. And then I will worship you, God, with all of it. So many people give him so little. We're so used to giving so little. There's something to be said for maturity and growing in God. I'm challenging every one of us under the sound of my voice this morning to begin to grow. Grow in the Lord. If you hear anything from this pastor, hear this. Grow. Read your word. Get your word out. Study it. Read it. Decipher it. Go to commentaries. Learn what's in here. Grow in your relationship with God. Begin to mature so that you are in this place where the heart begins to be knit together and united together as one whole heart for God. We can worship the Lord anywhere. Our goal, I wrote this down, uh, the goal of our, our, our worship is not to worship a church, to not worship a song, although, man, I really love that song. That's my new favorite song. I'm redeemed. Man, I wanted to walk the aisles, Jeff. I'm going to get out here and act like I'm a king's kid. I want to start, start living like I belong to God. Start, stop walking around here like, I, like I'm just part of some club. I want to walk like I belong to God. I'm called. I may not, you may not like me. You may not think I'm all that. And I don't, you know, we talk about all that. But man, he, he sees something. I'm going to start walking like it. I'm going to start talking like it. I got bold this morning in my prayer time. You know, I, I, I'm praying for people. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit in my life that he, he wants to use this church for great things. And, and our staff, he wants to use us for great things for him. We're privileged to be honored by God, to work for him. We must remember that. 
don't get caught up in the careful little necessities of life, the things that are not necessarily bad, but distract us. Do you know work can be a distraction? A relationship can be a distraction. Worrying about finances, health, being obsessed with anything can become bad in your life. It's important that we don't allow things to become too, even religion. And that is such a fine line. There's beauty and sacredness. There's beauty and tradition. There's wonderful things that are so important to keep and to cherish alongside of the fact that we, we, we don't allow any of that to become our God. That we genuinely remember we're worshiping the designer of the universe, not a genie in a lamp. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 2. Jesus speaking to the church at Laodicea, he said, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You look good in every way. You've tested those who say they're apostles and are not, and you found them liars. You've preserved and have patience and have labored for my namesake, and you've not even become weary. You've done a good job. You wear your suit well. He said, nevertheless, I have something against you. He said, you have left your first love. God pointing out something to us in this moment. Jesus literally pointing out to us that, Sister Robinson, it is more important, this thing about a united heart, than it is all the things that we do with our hands and our feet. God cares about this. He said, you've done all this. You're labor, you're patient, you don't get tired, you, you work late, you get up early, you are, you are all in, you've spent all your money, you've given all your treasures and all your time. Man, you look good. On the outside, you got it going on. Nevertheless, I have this one thing against you. You don't love me like you used to. Your heart's divided. Your heart's divided. I don't have you like I did. As I begin to read this and study this, you see, came right back here. And the other day, I was, y'all are getting ready to sing another one of my favorite songs. It's called Breathe On Me. You're going to hear it in a few weeks, hopefully. Personal request in. <laughs> I was playing it in my car, and I had it up full blast, Christian was listening to it as she sang like the day of Pentecost when the, all were gathered in the upper room said their hearts to crying the clay sitting there before the potter waiting and tarrying it says and they cried breathe on me 
I sang it to the top of my lungs in my car. I didn't care who was around me. I didn't care who was watching in my windows. I was saying, breathe on me, Lord, everything. Make my heart undivided, Lord. Make me full in every way. Take hold of all of me so that when I worship you, I'm not worshiping you with half. I'm not worshiping you with half of a heart or, or, or a double heart. I'm worshiping you, Lord, with all that I am. I'm giving you everything that I am. Breathe on me. Take hold of me. I don't want him to ever look at me and say, where's the first love? Where's the first love? Where, you don't love me like I remember the night that I was saved, and I won't go back there. But I remember later that night, I stayed at my grandmother's house, and I was in the bedroom back in the back, and I was laying on the bed, and I, I looked up at the ceiling, and the tears were dripping down my face, and I was singing to the Lord. And I remember all by, my, by myself in that room, I was looking up to the ceiling, and I just, I couldn't believe how much I loved him. I couldn't believe how much I felt him. I couldn't believe how much he had changed me and touched me. I knew that I knew that I knew. You know, I, I look at people sometimes and they're like, well, I just really don't know if I believe in God. I'm like, what? What? And one time, I remember in particular, I looked at someone and I said, I am, I am so sad for you. I said, I am so sad for you. I wish you knew what I know. I wish you had felt him like I have. I, w I wish that you'd had the experience that I did. You see, I looked at him that day, Charlie, and I said, I couldn't begin to ever doubt God's existence. It would be impossible. It would, like be, it would be like trying to say Albert is a figment of my imagination, and I'm not sure if I believe in him. Because God has proven himself, Jenny, so much to me. I could never doubt that he's there, ever. Therefore, I don't worry about the things that come my way because I believe. If the doctor tells me tomorrow, Ray, you've got cancer, I'm going to say, I believe. I don't get knocked off my platform. I don't get knocked off my way. I don't stumble in my path. Oh, I don't know. God, are you there? I believe. I believe. He's proven himself to me over and over again. I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. I've felt him. I've seen him. I've heard him. He spoke to me. He's led me. He's guided me. He's directed my path. I had no idea. I don't know who else was here, but I had no idea at 5.30 this morning when God said, hey, somebody is coming this morning and they're going to need church. They, they got to have church. You, you got to have church. You might feel like maybe it's smart to cancel. There's a lot of ice out there, but hey, I'll keep the ones who get on the road safe. I'm going to have church because somebody needs it. And Josh, I had no idea it was you. You were going to come down here. I never met you before. Never saw you in church before. But here you are, the first one in the altar this morning. God knew at 530. God knew. 
proves himself over and over and over again. And he speaks. And you know what that says to you? That says to you, of all the millions of people on the earth, he knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He's going to help you just like he's been helping Billy. And Billy, it's so good to see you home this morning. We love you, brother. We're so glad you got a smile on your face and you're looking good. The devil tried to kill you, but God said, no. Amen. Amen. You don't know his story. He's not supposed to be here. He was at death's door. He overdosed on drugs and addiction, and he was in the hospital. It was over. They're telling the family, plan your funeral. He's done. It's over. But God said, no. God did. Hallelujah. This is who we serve. This is who we praise. This is who we worship. This is God. Amen. I'm looking at couples right now in the house. I'm looking at folks who, who brought both parties come together and brought their, their brokenness and brought their, 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 their failures and they laid it before God. And I've watched as God restored their marriage and brought them back together. God does miracles. God is alive and well and real. And we've come here today to lift up his name. I can trail over top of the snow if I know he's called me to go. Amen. We must protect our first love. We must protect our first love. Not become imbalanced. Not get blinded. You know, and I wrote this down. Not get blinded to our preferences. You know, we got to always keep ourselves on the straight and narrow. Keeping our mind on the things that God is speaking to us. That God wants. It's a problem with so many of us in, our room, in this room today. We get so caught up in, in our choices and, and our preferences and we get blinded by all those things out there in the world that try to distract us. We get off track. We, we get to where we're, we're divided in our hearts. We get so scattered in everything that we do that we become really no good to nothing. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Signs that we have a divided heart. And I'm going to get quickly through this. I'm on page 5 and I've got page, I've got 20. I don't come unprepared. <laughs> I'll probably finish this tonight. How can you tell if you've got a divided heart? When you feel wishy-washy. When you feel a little bit of narcissism, you know what that is? A person who's self-centered. It's all about me. What I think, what I feel, what I'm wanting, what I go through, it's all about me. These people so into themselves that they go from one relationship to another, one job to another, one friendship to another, one church to another, one promise to another. They never play, stay anywhere long enough 
to do anything great because it's all about pleasing themselves. Fickle, shallow, here today, gone tomorrow. Promises turn into excuses, broken promises into too late apologies. They're immature. They're never really settled. This is the sign of a divided, selfish heart. They make bad friends. They make bad mates. They make worse parents, terrible Christians. They usually bring shame to God's name in the end. A divided heart. Partly for Christ, they're partly for self. They're partly surrendered, they're partly reserved. They're partly for the kingdom of God, and they're partly for the earthly pleasures of this world. They become ineffective, usually unsatisfied in everything they do. And they become no good. Jesus said this about them. He said, he that is not with me is against me. The struggles that we face at times, we have to realize they're somewhat common. They're somewhat common. I mean, worrying about finances, worrying about kids and health and, and home and happiness and all these things, these are not uncommon concerns. We all concern ourselves with those things. But it's when they get imbalanced and they take a turn towards the obsession, when they get unhealthy and scatter us in a million different ways and we are no good to the one purpose we should have. Paul wrote about it. He said, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This is what I keep doing. He had the same problem that David has, which we've read. He said, unite my heart. He was admitting, we want to know about David's heart. We want to know about the man who had a heart after God. He said, my heart's sometimes scattered, but I pray this really awesome prayer. I pray for God to unite my heart. To bring my heart together as one. To serve him with every I got with an undivided heart. This is the cry of growth, maturity in God. This is what it means to grow up in God. Lord, unite my heart. Teach me your ways. And I will glorify you and praise you with all of it. And as you and I do that, the church becomes strong. And I'll tell you what, what I love and what I need, what I want as a pastor. You know, it, it's not easy to be your pastor. I liked it better when I was your youth pastor at the church because it was cool. I planned great events, had great services in the back, lots of lights and color. Everything was cool. I get to go to Winterfest. 
I get to come in on Sunday, and usually then I'd kick back. I could analyze more than have to worry about how it went. But as pastor, man, I, I got to be the guy standing up here on a cold, snowy day. And I got to be the guy to bring the word, and I got to be the guy to make the decision. You know, I, I, I walked around the parking lot this morning at, at that 5.15, 5.30 time, and I'm like, it's up to me. I got to make this decision. Nobody else can make it for me. Some people are going to go, that was a bad decision. Roads are terrible. What's your problem? You want to kill people? And other people are going to be like, bless God, brother, we ought to have church. Why didn't you have the 830 service, brother? I can't believe you've fallen in your, your love for Jesus. Revelation says you've lost your first love. I mean, you do realize that I cannot make you happy. If I make you happy, I've made him mad. If I make you happy, I made them upset. I never can make everybody happy. Some of you like my preaching. Some of you don't like my preaching. Some of you like the way I pray. Some don't like the way I pray. I can't make you happy. At the end of the day, I got to say, God, unite my heart that I might please only you. Only you. Unite my heart as one that I will worship you with all of it. That's the cry of our hearts this morning. We truly understand this and give ourselves wholly and completely to him for it. Then we can do the job that we're called to do. I can't focus on pastoring you and pleasing you at the same time. I have to realize and understand that I've got to follow what God wants. And I want to build a church. Cindy, at 18 years old, I stumbled in the back door at Harlem Park. You may not think this is such a special place. That's okay. Sheila walked in the back door, and this church saved my life. I was broken. I was alone. Didn't know anybody. I sat on the back pew at Harlem Park, and I sat there, and I just looked up at the ceiling, hoping God would do something to heal my broken heart. And that night, the power of God fell in the place, and I couldn't hardly believe it. I got in the car, and I drove home, and I called my mom on my big, fat cell phone back then, <laughs> like this big. I said, Mom, it's just like camp meeting. It's awesome. They praised God. They worshiped God. They're not afraid to get out in the aisle. They're not afraid to, to shout. They're not afraid, Lord. They, they love it. Mom, you got to come next Sunday. Matter of fact, I proselyted my whole family down here. I did. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. No, I should have done it. They should have come. I love this church. I love this church. And now it's my responsibility to pastor this church. And guess what? I need you. I need you. I can't do it by myself. Now you can sit back and analyze me, criticize me, cut me down, make me feel terrible. You can chomp on me and eat on me, be committed, not committed, be dedicated, not dedicated. You can do all that if you want to, because a lot of people do. But like David's men at Ziglag, First Chronicles chapter 12, I need some that'll say, I'm with you. Let's fight. Let's do this thing. I need you. 
I need people that will come alongside of me. And they'll say, I'm with you. I'm with you. I need people that will say, I'm going to help you build this church. I'm going to help you win people for Jesus. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you to do that. I'm going to help you. Come here, Sister Food Pantry. Come here. You walk with me. This little lady's serving families. I know we're not telling on you. I want God to help us build a church. I want God to help us do something. Come on, guys. You walk with me. I want to build a church. I want, to, I, want to, I want it to be. It's not what it should be yet. Say amen. It's not what it should be yet. We still got a lot of work to do. We're trying. But I can't do it as long as you sit there chewing on me all the time. Won't you get in here and help us, right, guys? Say amen. amen. These guys are helping. Come on, guys. Come on. Sister Peggy, you a big old fan. Come on, get up here. Get up here and walk with me. Come on, Melissa. Liz, you love the church. Come on. You walk with me. Where's Carlos? Get over here. Come here. I'm going to build a church. I feel the Lord while I'm doing this. I need you. Harris says, I'm so glad God sent you to our church. We need you. We need you. Tiffany, you're new. I just learned your name this morning. But your smiling face, the way you say amen, I already noticed you out here. I thought, oh, she helps build the church. I like her. Why don't you come walk with us? I know you're still, you probably ain't made up your mind, but I'm just going to draft you. You walk with, with Tiffany. I feel the Lord. I feel him. We're going to build something here. We're going to do something for the kingdom. We're going to do something important. We need each other. We need God, but we got to have a, a united heart. I need people that will stand with me. If you're just browsing, if you're just looking, then just don't cut us down. Just, just go on. Just move on. And give me the ones that will say, I'm with you, Pastor Ray. I'm with you. You always tell me I'm the greatest pastor on earth. You come on. Come walk with us. Ronnie, you come with her. I need people that, I need to know who's with me. I need to know who's on this side of it. Who's going to help us build? We got so much to do. Jesus is coming. And God has got to have a, an undivided heart. He's got to have a team, a body that is absolutely sold out. I need some young people. Who will get up and say, come on, Pastor Ray, I'm with you. I want to walk with you. Who will do it? Somebody brave. Somebody good. Come on, get out here. It's all right. Come here, Josh. Josh is new today, and he's already saying, I'll help you do it. Come here, buddy. God bless you. Welcome to Stratford Heights. Join us. We're going to build a church. We're going to build a church. We're going to do it awesome. We're going to do it for God. We're going to please Him. Our hearts are going to be united together as one. We're going to be one heart, one mind working for God together. One body joined together to be anointed to do the work that God has called us to do. And people are going to be saved. They're going to be healed. They're going to be delivered. We're going to worship. We're going to dance. We're going to shout. And we're going to lift up His name until He comes. If you're with me today, stand up. Let me see you this morning in the name of Jesus. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make us one, Lord. That was your prayer in John chapter 17. 
Lord, you said it. You said, Lord, I pray, Father, I pray that they'll be one as you and I are one. Make them one. Oh, we're going to do this if you'll just, don't get divided. Don't get scattered. Don't listen to the devil gets on your shoulder. Ain't nothing worse. I had a family who, who, who up and gone. You know, you know what? It, it hurt my heart, Charlotte, so bad. I can't help it. I'm human. I get to know you. I love you. I pray for you. I'm at the hospital. I help with funerals. I'm at the weddings. I, I, I do what I can. I try to get to you to shake your hand. I try to love you with all my heart. And then out the door you go. I'm going to tell you what I do. I usually stay awake all night. I cry. I get hurt, I get wounded, and then I suck it up, and I'm like, <laughs> and then I see you in the grocery store, and I have to be like, hi, how are you? Good to see you. You hurt me. No. <laughs> it hurts. But then, this is what happens. About five months later, they walk in the side door over here, and I saw him. And I, saw, I looked over at him and I said, oh, it's so awesome to see you. They pulled me aside and they said, Pastor, we went everywhere. And there was just no place like Stratford. Now, I'm not trying to say we're the only church. You know what I mean. People are called to be here with us. And people are called to be down at Braille, in town. But she said, we went everywhere. She goes, and we have been miserable. She goes, we don't even know why we left. And I was like, were you, were you mad? No. We don't know why we left, but could we come back? I said, yes, of course, of course. But I got away, and I prayed about that. I prayed about that. And the Lord let me know that sometimes distractions and spirits will climb on people's shoulders. Oh, preacher didn't look at you right today. Well, Cameron didn't speak to you. Do you see Cameron just walked right past you? Didn't even shake your hand. <laughs> Who's he think he is? Or the devil will say, I have no friends I have no nobody cares nobody loves me and the devil's like that's right that's right baby nobody loves you that preacher hates you brother Robinson hates you nobody likes you Gary don't like you do you see what I'm saying sometimes the enemy will climb on top of your shoulder and he will just start just trashing until you find yourself out the door and gone. And then all of a sudden you're just like, what did I do? What did I do? He distracts us. He divides us. He tries to tear us down and tear us apart. So David said, Lord, unite my heart. Unite my heart. 
Now, you're the church. You're standing with me. You all agreed, and they did too. So we're going to ask everyone to bow your heads. We've had some folks saved this morning already. But I want to know if you're here this morning and you need Jesus. Because you see, that is the number one purpose and goal of why we have come together. If you need to accept Christ into your life, I want to give you that opportunity right now. A church that will love you, a church that will serve and be there for you, will help train you, disciple you, ship you, but all of that is only a sideline to the fact that Jesus died for you, that he loves you, that he wants to be your savior this morning. He wants to empower you to live for him. He wants to touch your life and change it forever. And if you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Would you, if you just want to accept Christ into your life, just slip up your hand right where you are and right back down. We're going to pray today. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, ladies. Anyone else? God bless you, sir. See you. Anyone else? Several folks have lifted their hand this morning. We're going to pray as we do. We're going to pray the most important prayer that you will ever pray in all of your life. This is the prayer that gets heaven's attention. You can do this at Kroger's. You can do this at your house. You can do this on the street corner when the preacher's preaching. Or you can do it anywhere. But you're going to do it right here in this place today. And Jesus is going to find your heart right here. He's going to change it forever. I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's just words. It means nothing if you don't pray it from your heart. But if you pray it from your heart, I'm telling you all of heaven is going to pay attention to every word that you say. Church, you pray it with me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I believe. I believe you're the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. That you bought my salvation. And you've made an invitation through Calvary's cross to me, to save me, to cause me to be born again, to be a child of God. I accept forgive me of my sins control and touch my heart and mind as i give myself to you be the lord of my life i thank you today because your word says if i believe it and then i confess it i'm saved so i'm born again in jesus name right now amen Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And I know I've kept you over today, but I won't say I'm sorry. Somebody told me not to say I'm sorry anymore. So reach over and take the hand of somebody standing beside of you. We are one. We're one. Now, you might be visiting with us today, and it's okay. You can still be, we're part of the body of Christ. But I'm specifically asking 
those who are here today as part of the body at Stratford Heights. Will you pray for one another? Will you pray for the staff, the pastors? We're not everything we should be yet, but we're going to get there. I promise you we're going to work hard. Our church may not be exactly what it's going to be, but we're going to work hard. And if you'll help us, we'll get there quicker. We are going to be one together, united in one heart, one mind for God, undivided. Will you pray that prayer that David prayed? Will you pray it with me right now, all of us together? Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we united together ask you to unite our hearts. Make us one. Lord, unite us together to do a great work in Middletown in this community. Touch us, Lord, to minister to people that are hurting, those that are lost and broken. God, those that are poor and need food and clothing. Help us, God, to be the church. Help us, God, to be outreach-minded in our, in our hearts and in our service. Help us, Lord, in all that we do to raise up and disciple one another, to teach, Lord, from our infants to in our nursery all the way to our seniors. Lord, would you touch us together to come up with the right programs and plans to be the church we're supposed to be. Give us anointing to be creative. God, help us design this church to please you. Let us be what you desire us to be, oh God. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your work be done, Lord, as we... Dare to step out in faith and believe that you will raise up a mighty, mighty global enterprise out of this very group right here. Lord, 100 years old, but Lord, we are giving ourselves fresh and brand new like a baby and asking you to raise us up, strengthen us and guide us and touch us. We ask this this morning in the name that is above every name, the name that we trust and we look to, not the name of the church, not the name of any preacher or doctrine or belief, but Lord, we become in the name of Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of the living God. And we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you our worship. And Lord, we give you our hearts. We thank you this morning, for we will be empowered by your Spirit as we have surrendered and given ourselves wholly and completely to you. In Jesus, your name we pray. And everybody said amen together. And let's clap and praise God and give him honor. Amen. Go ahead. Thank you. As you go today, we want to remind you, around here we do a, a couple of big events. One is called Winterfest for all of our young people that are a part of the youth ministry. They're getting ready to go on that trip, and every year we make a plea uh, for those who would like to uh, contribute to that trip financially. Uh, some people, there's tons that have raised money. They've worked really hard, and uh, they're a little short. So if anybody would like to contribute to them in any way, you can write on a tithing envelope, give some money, call the office, ask what the need is, and we'll be happy to... Uh, let you bless our young people. Also adding this year is also uh, we're doing Kids Fest. Kids Fest through the Church of God. And uh, we're going to take all the little kids there. And if you want more information about that, interested in having your kids go, uh, you can call the office and talk to us and we'll give you all the information for that as well. Be blessed. God bless you. We'll see you here later on tonight. Have a wonderful day.
Lift up your hunger, lift up your voice. 